disturbing from my slumber. I am the eternal dragon. Now make your first wish. Your wish has been granted. Here is your host, Tim Bridgewater. Hello everybody out there. Welcome to episode 51 of Rock the Dragon, a Dragon Ball Super podcast. I'm your host, Tim Bridgewater. Thank you guys for joining me again. We're just coming right off of episode 50. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to listen to that one yet, I know it's a, a behemoth episode, so <laughs> some of you guys may be taking you a while to get to it, but we had a special episode. I talked about a, a range of different topics in there, in addition to, of course, episode 50 of Dragon Ball Super, so I hope you guys have enjoyed that. I haven't heard much about it. I haven't gotten much feedback on episode 50 yet, so I'm hoping you guys liked that. Um, as always, feel free to let me know. Uh, I hosted two other podcasts. Just a reminder here, one of those was called Geekly Those. The other one was called Republic City Report, a Legend of Core podcast. So you can check those out. They are still out and available. Uh, Rock the Dragon, of course, is available now on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, as well as uh, TuneIn. Uh, obviously, anytime you want to email me, if you have anything to say, any questions, comments, concerns for our segment called What Are You Saying? You can see me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, with that being said, I don't have any emails for this week, uh, so we're just going to kind of bypass that. Um, also, you can head over to Facebook.com slash Rock the Dragon Podcast for any questions, comments, etc. there. Go ahead and like that page. Uh, if we can build that page up, obviously, there's a lot more exciting things that we can do there. I do have a new review for this week that I'd like to read. Uh, once again, if you have anything positive you want to say, you can leave me a review on iTunes, of course, assuming you use iTunes to listen to the podcast. Uh, if not, well, then try to go over there and leave one anyway. Why not? <laughs> and I'm so I have a new review here from Beast Mode Ron. First of all, Ron, thank you so much. Five star review. And I have to say, Ron, your, your review came in uh, at the at perfect time because um, some, right before you did that, someone slipped in there and left me a two star rating. Now, they didn't leave a review, but they just slipped in. They slipped. They slipped in there and left me a two star rating. So that was kind of disappointing. Um, but shortly after that, I came back and I had a five star from Ron. So I'm going to read your, um, your review right here. It says to listen or not to listen. Tim does an absolute great review and opinionated discussion on my favorite anime of all time. Definitely worth your time. And Tim will interact with listeners and their opinions on the show, which really sets this podcast apart from others. I look forward to this podcast every week. Keep it up, Tim. Be small, Ron. Thank you so much for saying that. Uh, it was a nice, you know, reprieve. <laughs> it's like I, my confidence went down a lot and then it went right back up. So thank you so much for that. Uh, and I'm just kidding about that. I mean, I, the majority of the reviews I have here are great. I mean, you know, I think right now I have about 25 five star reviews to two, uh, four stars and then one two star. So, I mean, you can't win them all right. There's not <laughs> there's always going to be someone who doesn't like whatever you do. And you just kind of just comes along with the territory. Uh, so yeah, if you want to leave me a review, head over to iTunes and, uh, make sure you let me know, especially if you're in another country, I may not be able to see your review in my iTunes because my iTunes is of course set to the United States. So if you're in Canada or somewhere like that and you're enjoying the show and you're leaving me reviews and you're wondering why I haven't read them, it's because I can't see them. So just make sure you send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com and, uh, let me know about it. Send me a screenshot or whatever you feel like you may need to do. 
Oh, uh, that being said, there's nothing really else I need to cover. No emails this week, so we're gonna just go ahead and jump directly on into the episode talk for this week. Of course, this episode of Rock the Dragon podcast, episode 51, is gonna cover episode 51 of Dragon Ball Super, uh, titled "Feelings That Transcend Time." Trunks and Mai. Okay, that's a that's actually one of the better titles I think they've had <laughs> the entire series so far. I mean, it, it's not entirely spoilerific as in specifics, but it does tell you you get an idea of what the episode is going to sort of be about. And those are the best titles, in my opinion. Um, it does is a little bit misleading, though, because you would think that the entire episode was going to be about that. I mean, when I saw that title, I assumed that we weren't even going to go back to the present right away. You know, we, we had our cliffhanger sort of last episode, episode 50, where Bulma revealed the cell time machine. And I was under the impression that in this episode, we were just going to you know spend the whole time in the future or something with flashbacks of Trunks and Mai. So we don't get that the entire episode, but we do kind of get that. So, so it still works. Um, but yeah, so we jump right back in where we left off at. Most of what happens here in the beginning are things that most of us who remember from Dragon Ball Z, uh, we already knew what, what was going on, right? We knew that that was Cell's time machine. Now, what they spend a couple minutes doing is basically just reminding those people who haven't watched the show in 20 years about it, because not everyone is watches Dragon Ball Z as much as us, right? So they have to spend a little bit of time just kind of recounting what happened there and explaining that time machine as well as revealing some new things to us i mean there's some new footage in here there's things that kind of fill in the blanks right because what's what was missing from the story is how boma ended up with that time machine so they kind of spent some time filling that in even for those of us because we remember the time machine but i didn't necessarily remember boma leaving with it or how she ended up with it and etc so they kind of spent a little bit of time here explaining how that happened what i think is interesting about it is first of all these flashbacks are in black and white which is very unusual for dragon ball i mean usually when they show flashbacks they're in color and if they have if they have the footage then they just show the original footage from dragon ball z but obviously this is new stuff so they had to make new footage for the flashbacks question is why is it in black and white well i don't know does it have anything to do with this whole freaking problem with Trunks's hair color being different? Maybe they just said, hey, it'd be even more confusing to show a flashback of Trunks, a future Trunks with purple hair in the same episode where we see him in the present with blue hair, though. I'm pretty sure they did that already <laughs> on one of these episodes, but I don't know. Maybe this time they said, hey, maybe it's just too much. It'd be too confusing. So let's just make those entire sequences black and white, because not only that, even Boma's hair was slightly different color, too, during that time. If you want to go back and watch Dragon Ball Z, Boma's hair is not the exact exact same color blue that it is now. Um, so maybe they just said hell. In order to not confuse people even more, let's just make all of this shit black and white. <laughs> and most of this is new footage, but not I, I want to say some of it. There are a couple shots in here that were actually from Dragon Ball Z. They just made it black and white. Specifically, there's a shot that comes to mind where um, she's talking about how Trunks put both of the time machines into capsule form 
and then put him in his little container. Um, that shot was pretty much from Dragon Ball Z. I mean, you can tell by the size of Trunks' hair <laughs> because his, trunk, his hair was pretty big. I mean, I'll give them that. In Dragon Ball Z, Trunks' hair was freaking huge. Um, so I, I could I understand why they would maybe want to make it a little smaller for Dragon Ball Super. I still wish that it was still the same color that it was, though. I mean, it just to me, it just creates even more inconsistencies and shit. And why would you want to do that? My my question is, is that. Let's just assume that this whole theory of, of Trunks's hair color being blue being just sort of a mistake and misunderstanding and miscommunication between Akira Toriyama and Toy Animation or, or whatever. Uh, why wouldn't you just go back and fix it at that point? You know, I mean, like, <laughs> and maybe they do. I don't know. Like, I obviously we're just now getting into this arc, but let's say one or two episodes got away and he had blue hair. OK, fine. After that, just make it purple again. I mean, it would it would be weird. Sure. We'd be like, well, damn, that's kind of crazy. They just changed his hair back purple. But I would rather have the consistency there with Dragon Ball Z than to be concerned with them, you know, kind of backpedaling now in Dragon Ball Super. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's the lesser of the two evils. You know what I mean? Like backpedal and super all you want, as long as the hair is consistent with Dragon Ball Z, because that's where most of our future trunks is footage and backstory and um, flashbacks are right. Because it, it puts them in even more of a weird position from now on that if they want to create new flashbacks, they're going to have to give future trunks blue hair. And that's just inconsistent with Dragon Ball Z. So I think that just makes it worse. So just fix his hair, <laughs> which obviously all of these episodes have already aired in, in Japan. So most of you know whether that happens or not. I'm pretty sure it doesn't. I mean, they seem pretty, they seem pretty, you know, set on keeping his hair blue especially since Boma actually made a point to mention the fact that he had blue hair when he first arrived so never mind there's no way they're going to change it because they've already addressed it which means they're going to keep it like that um, but yeah that's just something I was thinking about so anyway most of this is just an explanation as to, as to where this time machine came from okay so we, if you remember correctly Cell came back in that time machine but the things that they tell us that we didn't already know is that Trunks kind of took them with him back to Capsule Corp and Boma decided that she wanted to sort of uh, experiment and analyze the capsules just for because she's a geek, right? She just wants to see how they're kind of made up and of. And uh, from what she said, she spent a lot of time looking at it, but she couldn't get anywhere with it. So she just kind of put it away and forgot about it. So until this moment now is, you know, uh, she remembers that she has it and it, it kind of works out. I mean, yeah, a lot of it they had to kind of fill in and they probably had to create a lot of this stuff, you know, for this new story. But it still fits if you think about it. If you retrace the timeline and the events that happened, I believe it should still line up pretty well. OK. Now, of course, this means everyone is getting excited because they're saying, oh, wait, OK, now we have a way we have to, we have a way to get back to the future. We can use this time machine, etc." But Boma saying, hey, um, I don't know if you guys are looking at this thing, but it's going to take me a while to figure this out. <laughs> this technology I haven't really developed yet. There's an epiphany that I haven't had yet. But the good news is that she does have future Boma's notes um, so she can go in there and just kind of with with ha while having the notes and having the old time machine and and 
even Dr. Briefs and Mrs. Briefs, they show up this episode. So between Dr. Briefs and Boma and the time and the the old future t- sales time machine and you know everything in the in the notes. So she has a pretty good place to, to start, I would say. So now everyone is kind of saying, you know, Goku and Vegeta is saying, okay, now, you know, we can all go to the future together to take on Black. But of course, Goku and Vegeta, they're, you know, getting into a situation where they don't know exactly what's going, how it's going to turn out. So they're saying, hey, we need to go train. So Goku heads over and, and immediately goes to Beerus and Whis, which makes sense. I mean, he's been training with them, <laughs> so it makes sense that he would go with them. But Whis says something that I actually think it's it's kind of it, it, it made sense. You know, he's saying, you know, because we got to remember that Beerus and Whis are very much against time travel, you know, because they're they're, you know, the upper echelon of the deities and all that kind of stuff and that's something that you're not supposed to do so Weiss is saying I don't want to sort of aid and abed you <laughs> with breaking the rules and that it kind of makes sense so he he decides to go off to King Kai and King Kai is not having it because if you remember the last time Goku was there he left King Kai's planet pretty much jacked up <laughs> so they're suggesting and they're saying hey Goku maybe you should train with Vegeta Goku's saying Vegeta's in a mood so that's not going to be any fun we actually do see a little shot of Vegeta heading into one of the, I assume must be a new gravity room that they have at Capsule Corp. If you remember from Dragon Ball Z, you know, there was a lot of that kind of stuff there. Back then, it was a little circular sort of space pod that Dr. Briefs built for Vegeta to train in at higher gravity. But now it just seems to be a gravity room. We don't get to see the inside of it. But before he walks in there, Vegeta just says, like, hell no. <laughs> and I'm like... It just seems so kind of out of place and weird that he would say that in that moment. I mean, I guess I'm not I'm not even sure what he was referring to when he said hell no. Was he saying hell no, I'm not going to train with Kakarot? Or was he saying hell no, going inside this gravity room is going to be a challenge? I, I don't know. It wasn't clear. I wonder what the Japanese words were there because, you know, sometimes a lot of times, actually, you know, things have to be translated from Japanese to English and not only English, but they also Americanize things too. So I'm not sure what the Japanese equivalent of hell no would have been. I'm just I'm I'm curious to see what he actually said in the Japanese dub at that at that point. If anybody feels like checking that out, uh let me know. But we can't forget that we actually do see Goku Black in this episode. Okay, and it's not just in flashbacks. Uh we do revisit him in the future and it's obvious that he that his from his brief fight with Goku in the past now of our present this shit's getting confusing to keep up with the time <laughs> but he learned from that right because we still don't know exactly what Goku Black is but we do know that whatever he is go he's in Goku's body right so I don't know if that means he somehow found Goku's dead body in that timeline and possessed it but we're getting the impression that he is something that can change bodies that he, he has hopped from different bodies, you know, maybe like sort of like Captain Ginyu, but maybe on a higher level, because he says a lot of things this episode that and along with every other sort of hint that we get that he is much higher on the totem pole than like mere mortals. But he's learning a lot from being in Goku's body. You know, he, he's realizing that his powers in Goku's body function in a better way more efficiently 
one he when he knows how Goku moves, right? So he learned some of Goku's moves from his fight with him, and now he's applying that to what he is 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 teaching himself in the in the future now. And I feel like that's how he's going to eventually sort of achieve this Super Saiyan Goku Black or whatever that form may be called, right? Because obviously that hasn't happened yet. And we most of us know that's going to happen. So I'm thinking, you know, during this process, this is how he's going to get to that point. Uh, so, yeah, I mentioned the fact that Dr. Briefs and, and, and Mrs. Briefs show up. Uh, it's nice to see them again. I'm not going to lie. I miss the old voice actor for Dr. Briefs, but that's just because that's the last version of it that I knew. <laughs> Nothing against whoever's doing his voice now. I just miss the old voice. Um, but it's cool to see them. And they never age, especially Mrs. Briefs. <laughs> she just never ages for some reason. Um, you know, I've always thought that it was a very interesting choice. And this is a bit of a side note. Uh, to make Trunks look more like Bulma's side of the family than Vegeta's, right? Even when I first saw Future Trunks a long time ago, when I was just on the internet, before, before I had ever seen the episodes, I knew Trunks was coming. I knew he was Bulma and Vegeta's son. Uh, I thought it was interesting that he looks more like them because it's not really consistent with what we've seen from other Saiyan characters. I mean, full-blooded Saiyan characters, I mean, in terms of Vegeta and Goku anyway, because the few times we've seen other full-blooded Saiyans like King Vegeta, Bardock, uh, Goku and Vegeta, obviously. Um, if you look at the connections between those characters, you know, a male father and then the male son, their hair usually looks similar, right? Like Goku and Vegeta both have black hair, even though King Vegeta had brown hair. So maybe his mom had black hair. And of course we don't. And, and of course, Goku's father had black hair. We don't know what his mom looked like either. Um, and then Gohan has black hair and Goten has black hair. So even if you were going to say, well, it's just only the full blooded Saiyans have that color hair. Well, you can't even say that because King Vegeta had brown hair. <laughs> of course, Chi Chi also has black hair, though. So it also makes sense that both Gohan and Goten would have black hair as well. Um, but I just I don't know. I just always thought that that was very interesting, you know, because if you look at Trunks, like he doesn't resemble Vegeta at all. And on this show, they are known for making the descendants or the kids of characters look a lot or at least somewhat like their father or mother i mean just look at little marin right <laughs> like krillin and 18's daughter she's essentially krillin but with long blonde pigtails and then even in gt when she gets older they make her look more like 18 so it's just <laughs> it's weird i just wonder what the process is like when they're deciding how to design the kids of the characters because at some point someone decided hey not only is Trunks not going to have the traditional spiky type of Saiyan or half Saiyan hair, it's going to be purple or now blue. And he's going to look more like Dr. Briefs and Boma side of the family. I don't have a problem with that. I just thought it was very interesting because you would think that based on what we've seen from the other characters, that Trunks' hair, he would have had the spiky hair, but it just would have been purple. That way we could have combined both Vegeta and Bulma into one character. You know what I mean? Uh, but they didn't even do that. I mean, he just looks nothing like Vegeta, <laughs> which is fine. But I just I've always thought, thought that that was a very interesting thing. And that's just sort of a 
side tangent. But anyway, it's good to see Dr. Briefs and Mrs. Briefs because, well, it's been a while. Now, obviously, you know, the Pilaf gang, whether we want them to or not, are very much involved in, in this current storyline. I guess mostly because of my, which I'm okay with because I do like the moments there. I think that that's fine. Um, and, and, and they're finding ways to include them in the story by saying, oh, the fire brigade can help me clean up the ship and et cetera. And <laughs> of which I'm okay with here. I mean, you know, if they, if they have to be there, then at least give them some kind of purpose, right? At least we're not just cutting to them off doing some random shit. They're kind of tied into the story now, even though it's still a little bit hard to believe that Pilaf and his crew would just be crashing at a squatting or whatever, freeloading at Capsule Corps, but whatever. Uh, but what really comes out of this moment with them is that Future Trunks realizes that the little girl is my. Well, because up to this point, he didn't know that for a fact. I mean, they showed us visually a little bit of a connection between the two of them and in a previous episode, but they never actually like talk. So now he realizes that that's future Mai. And this is where we finally kind of jump into the title of this episode, feelings that trend transcend time. So he's kind of, you know, he goes, he pretty much tells her story because she's wondering, she's like, Oh wow. You know me, uh, I'm in the future and yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is where we kind of get this, flashback sequence and trunks kind of explains a little bit more of, of what led up to this point and basically saying that you know in the past uh when goku black first showed up he wiped out most of humanity uh there were some people left over and they formed a resistance right and the leader of that resistance was my um which i just think is super cool I mean, I, I, I like this stuff. I have to say this, this, this episode was probably the least impressive one thus far in the, in this arc, but we're only a couple episodes into it. So that's not, that's, that's not to say it's bad or anything. I mean, it's still a good episode, but it's probably the least exciting one we had, but I do like this. I mean, they're spending time giving us backstory and character development and all that kind of stuff so you know we we spent some time with them in the past and we learned that Mai has become the leader of this resistance and um they work with trunks because at this point in time where trunks is the only person who could potentially stand a chance against goku black so they kind of have these little missions and we get to see one here where they basically try to trap goku black they you know they blow up these buildings they try to I mean, at this point in time, I don't know why. <laughs> For some reason, the human race still hasn't realized that that kind of stuff is not going to hurt <laughs> these these characters. You know, like they're still using guns and still trying to. But I mean, that's what we would do, right? That's what we do in every movie when aliens attack and, and shit and villains. We, we go to guns. That's what we do as this country. But don't get me started on that. Um, but yeah, so it, it just it doesn't work. You know, it, it does provide Trunks an opportunity to kind of come in there, but he doesn't really last very long against Goku Black. But we do get this really exciting uh, exchange of dialogue between them that I really liked. Um, you know, I, I feel like Sean Schimmel's Goku Black voice is getting better and better with every episode. It hasn't been bad ever, but I think when he f when this character first showed up, he, he sounded too much like Goku. But now I'm starting to notice that, you know, you have just a hint of Goku. It's enough to be able to tell 
that it's the same voice actor, but there's enough difference in there to make it sound like a different character. And I feel like it really shines in this episode, specifically in that dialogue exchange between him and Future Trunks. Uh, and, I, and, and as always, Eric Vale knocks it out the park, too. And it's just like it's really exciting. The things that Goku Black is saying here, of course, is just reminding us or, you know, giving us even more reason to believe that he's definitely involved with the Kais or the gods or something, because he's saying that he views the world from a higher platform than everyone else. And, you know, he is basically he feels like it's his duty to eradicate humans it doesn't even sound personal when he puts it like that so it'd be interesting to see uh what his backstory is um with this but we do get sort of a little brief sort of a fight between trunks and goku black you know and, and most of this is kind of setting up trunks and my because as a result of that battle we get moments between the two of them um i have to say i and i've, I've been wanting to mention this that music, the music that's playing under the Goku Black and Trunks fight at this moment, I love that music. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I don't think they introduced that song until this arc, but it's definitely one of the best in, in Dragon Ball Super. Um, if you want to know what I'm talking about, once again, just go back and watch the dialogue exchange there. That music that's playing under there. Pretty much every time Trunks and Goku Black are facing one another, they play that song. And uh, it's pretty, it's pretty badass. But yeah, so then we get this sort of this, you know, this exchange between Trunks and, and Mai, you know, just kind of further exploring their relationship in the past. And then we go back to the present and little Mai is kind of smitten now <laughs> with uh, with future Trunks because she's got this big, handsome guy giving her attention and stuff. And what's funny about it is that little Trunks is watching and you can tell that he's getting jealous <laughs> of himself. Uh, gosh, I just I cannot get over the fact that they have different hair colors. It's really pissing me off. I didn't. Th I, I I thought I'd be over it by now, <laughs> but I'm not. Like I don't understand. It's just it's such an easy fix. Just fix it. Anyway, he reveals to my because Little Trunks is like, really? If all of that is true, then why didn't you bring future Maya back here with you? And he says she's gone. So. I mean, you know, Trunks doesn't seem to have a problem telling people their future. I guess because it's not necessarily their future. It's the future of the Mai and the in his timeline. But still, you know, like there's still a danger of telling people things like that. Right. In science fiction, usually if someone goes back to the past, you don't tell them too much about their future selves unless it's absolutely necessary. Like in the event when he went back to tell Goku that he died. Well, he needed to do that. But I don't see the advantage of telling Mai that she's dead, or at least he thinks that she's dead. But so I just thought that that was interesting. But so then we basically we you know we pick up with the P Love gang and Trunks and Little Mai and Doctor Briefs and Bulma and they're back in the lab and they're basically about to just sort of begin this process of cl first cleaning up the ship and then obviously they're gonna take it from there and see what they have to do to get back to the future. Um, so that about does it for the episode talk. That's pretty much where the episode ends. I mean, I think it's pretty much safe to assume that Goku Black is going to come back to the past somehow before they get a chance to go to the future. Oh, that's right. And there was also a little moment at the end, of course, from Beerus and Whis where they're saying, you know, when Goku Black powered up, I recognize that power. So once again, 
just kind of letting uh, giving us a hint that whatever he really is is something that Beerus and Whis have felt before. So that means it's definitely something on the level of being a deity or a Kai or some grander existence, right? Which we've all mostly probably figured that out by now. So that's pretty much where the episode ends. Uh, what do you think about it? What are you saying? Send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast@gmail.com, or hit me up on Facebook or facebook.com/rockthedragonpodcast. The likes on the page have just slowed down a lot. I mean, I guess since I'm not giving a, doing a giveaway, <laughs> you know. But I mean, obviously, if you're still listening to the podcast, it won't hurt you to go over there and like that page because when I post new videos and things like that. Uh, you can see it. And with that being said, I just remembered I posted a video within the past couple days. I completely forgot about that. Uh, I recently celebrated a birthday on February 3rd, and uh, I finally got to hang out with a friend of mine. Uh, we went to see Black Panther, and he gave me a belated birthday present. And it was sort of a Dragon Ball related thing. It was actually pretty cool. Something he kind of put together himself. So if you'd like to see what that is and hear more about it, head over to the Facebook page. I post a little video showcasing it and also kind of talking about it. So uh, there's all kinds of stuff to look forward to over there. I did mention on episode 50 that at some point I will be releasing a commentary track for Dragon Ball Evolution as well as one for the history of Trunks. Uh, those are still coming. <laughs> I promise you just would not believe how busy I have been in the past week, which is why the podcast is a little bit late because I just had so much other stuff to do. But don't worry. Those are coming. So uh, if you want to see that kind of stuff, remember, just keep sharing the page, keep sharing the podcast, keep coming with the positive feedback, the positive reviews, etc. It only keeps me motivated. So with that being said, guys, I think I'm going to get on out of here. We're going to time out right about 30 minutes. So uh, until next time for Rock the Dragon podcast, I'm Tim Bridgewater. And I'll see you next time.